Welcome to the FDF podcast, passionate about food and drink. I'm Ian Wright. I'm the Chief Executive of the Food and Drink Federation, and it's my very pleasant duty to welcome you to the launch this morning of uh, FDF's Net Zero Ambition. You're all very welcome. There are about uh, 200 plus, more than 200 uh, organizations and individuals uh, accredited to join us this morning. And I think the size of that audience reflects the real importance of what we're going to be discussing in the next hour. Uh, the other thing that very clearly reflects the importance of the conversation over the next hour is the presence of our guest, Andrew Griffith, uh, the MP for Arundel, but more important, the, the government's net zero business uh, ambassador and one of the most successful business leaders uh, of the last two decades, and certainly one of the most successful ever to transfer from business to parliament. And I'll say a bit more about Andrew in introduction in just a second. But before I do, I just want to uh, talk a little bit about why we're here today and our purpose. So as those of you who are members of the FDF uh, will know, the FDF and those who are, have watched us will know, the FDF is the representative body of food and drink manufacturers. There are many other trade associations and representative bodies, and they all do good work, but we're the largest, representing over 900 firms, which is about 10% of the uh, pool of food and drink manufacturers as measured by the ONS, and about 40% of the production of the industry by value or volume. Uh, so our intentions as they relate to climate change are going to be important, but they're not necessarily decisive. So what we do today in confirming our ambitions for net zero will be a kind of prompt to the industry, but it's vital that the wider industry and the wider food chain takes note of these ambitions and embraces them as well, because this is an effort in which everybody needs to be enjoined. When he spoke at the COP22 climate change conference, John Kerry, then uh, Secretary of State, famously had his granddaughter with him. And he spoke very movingly of the importance of what COP22 decided for his grandchild and his grandchildren's generation. What's changed in the decades since then is that COP26, when it comes in Glasgow later this year, will not just be about the hopes and fears of our grandchildren or our children. It'll be about us, because climate change is here now. And what we do now and in the decade to come will be, as President Biden told us last week, absolutely decisive in the question of what will happen to this planet over the years to come. So the decisions and ambitions that we pursue now are critical. And the food industry has a vital place in all of that. Uh, food manufacturing has a vital place. Farming has a vital place. Retail and hospitality all have a crucial place. And that's why today it's really important that this is the latest stage in bringing the industry together behind a single uh, ambition. And so it's important to note that today the FDF 
is launching our ambition to reach net zero by 2040. In doing that, we're in line with the farming community through the NFU and its other organisations and with retail. And I'm sure we're in line with many, many, many across the hospitality and food to go industries as well. That collective effort will be crucial. And our members, big and small, from the most famous businesses in the world to some of the smallest businesses, single person enterprises working on their kitchen table, will all be aligned, I hope, behind our ambition to change the game on net zero as far as food manufacturing is concerned. Now, it's a great pleasure uh, with the scale of that ambition to welcome someone who is responsible for the government's efforts in this regard uh, in encouraging, leading and actually demanding change from business. And there are few better people placed to do that than Andrew Griffiths, MP for Arundel since 2019, but perhaps more important in this context, uh, a hugely successful business leader with Sky. Andrew joined Sky in, in 1999. He became uh, CFO in 2008 and Chief Operating Officer in 2016. And it's important to remember what a big business Sky is. 39,000 people at the front end of broadcasting and uh, online practice and one of the best companies in that arena in the world. But Andrew also has a lot of, um, a lot of experience in the food industry. He was uh, non-executive director at Just Eat and then interim chairman at Just Eat during one of the most troubled and complex periods in that company's history. And, uh, and Andrew won the award for best non-executive director in that, uh, in that regard in 2019. So he's seen industry from both sides. He's seen business from actually running the finances of a huge global business and also the challenges of a small and growing business uh, and running it as the chairman at a very difficult time. So there could be nobody better placed to talk about the challenges and difficulties and opportunities of the government's net zero program. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce Andrew Griffith. Andrew. Ian, well, thank you so much. And it's genuinely a delight to be here with the uh, Food and Drink Federation, as well as those other things that you kindly mentioned. Uh, I am a massive fan. Um, it's one of the most important sectors in our country provides thousands of jobs, uh, brings life to high streets and small business parks and rural and urban areas alike uh, across this great country of ours. And it's always led the way uh, on crucial initiatives, things like uh, female entrepreneurship and sustainability uh, in all its forms. Um, so what you're doing today uh, is absolutely consistent uh, with all of that. I should say that I'm very, very conscious of all the incredibly difficult times that people have been through over the last 12 months. Uh, and I do recognise that we're not yet fully out of the woods. We're not yet fully unlocked um, as part of uh, often complex supply chains, whether that's retail or hospitality. Um, I know that uh, that will have impacted on many of you. Um, and thank you so much for being there. Uh, for keeping the nation fed uh, and, and watered, if that's quite the right word, um, during the, uh, the most difficult period that we've been through. I also want to congratulate you on today's ambitious announcement. Uh, and it is ambitious to, uh, to take a 
body of energy, uh, a way of working uh, that served mankind and, and supported all of our development and all of the wonderful things that we take for granted today uh, for over 2000 years and then commit in the space of a handful of decades uh, to, to, to revolutionize that because that's what this is all about. We have, you know, the reason I think we're here today, the reason that this is the moment to act is that we have this uh, fantastic, unique uh, and very serious opportunity uh, over the course of the next few months. This is the year that we host uh, the G7 uh, summit. We, we are the, already the United Kingdom, the G7 uh, president. Uh, it'll be hosted in the heart of what I always think is food and drink land uh, down in the southwest. Um, so that's the host of the G7 presidency. We also host uh, COP26, the UN Global Climate Summit in November in Glasgow, uh, another part of the United Kingdom that's famous for its uh, food and drink vernacular, uh, as indeed, frankly, every, every, every part of the kingdom are, is, which is why the Food and Drink Federation is such an important industry. Last week, we saw some really good news and progress. Uh, you saw the government uh, laying legislation for what's called the UK sixth carbon budget. And the significance of that is it encapsulates the ambition uh, of what this government is trying to do. That budget would reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 78% by 2035 compared to 1990 levels. So that's a further incremental increase at this important time. We also saw, uh, you may see more of this on television, um, the 40 world leaders come together at the US Climate Summit. Um, and they sent a clear signal to make this decade a moment of decisive change, as Ian talked about, uh, to tackle the climate crisis and keep the one and a half degrees uh, increase in warming within reach. We saw ambitious targets on the back of the UK, which is a world leader. You can be proud of the UK in this space because we are genuinely leading the world in this revolution. But we also saw ambitious targets uh, come forward from the US, from Japan and from Canada, meaning that all of the G7 responsible for over half of global GDP have now committed to make deep cuts in their emissions over the next decade. Finally, we saw um, the Glasgow Finance Alliance for Net Zero, which will broaden uh, and deepen ambition in the finance sector. So uh, Food and Drink coming forward today with 2040, fantastically ambitious. Uh, that was an example last week of another really big, important global sector uh, coming forward with their target. And businesses are absolutely at the heart of this. I mean, my, my higher order uh, calling, if you like, in in this area, is that businesses are the solution, not the problem. You know, there's some people that think, you know, the the the, the, challenge, the opportunity here is to go and, you know, attack businesses, to criticise businesses. Actually, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, this is a business business challenge, and it is businesses each and every day who will solve this. Uh, which is why I was so pleased to be uh, designated by the Prime Minister as the UK net zero business champion, uh, so that I can champion all the good work that businesses are doing in the run-up to November. I just want to reiterate uh, the importance of, of setting net zero targets um, and things, initiatives like the Race to Zero, that every business, 
large and small, uh, can join. Um, and that that's something that uh, you can join via things like the business ambition for one and a half degrees, that's if you're a, a large business, uh, to the small business uh, initiative that the government is leading, which you can find at SME Climate Hub forward slash UK. If you, if, you, if you go and Google that, that's something that's age appropriate for every business, uh, however small, even if it's just one, one of you uh, making uh, a product in a small lockup, uh, there are still actions, simple, easy to take actions that all of us can take. Uh, and we are seeing every single day more businesses sign up to take part in this journey. Uh, and more and more examples of fantastic innovation uh, that businesses are doing as well. So my, my simple ask of people is typically to say, look, act, show and tell. Act by taking a pledge yourself, uh, looking at what you can do, um, making an ambition just as the Food and Drink Federation has today uh, to bid to net zero by 2040. Take that pledge, make that act and then show others what you are doing. Word of mouth, we know, is the most uh, the most potent and powerful way uh, for the business community to communicate. Frankly, if we weren't good at communicating, we wouldn't be in business. That's that's what you do every day to lead and motivate your employees, to keep your customers happy and to tell people about your products. So a big emphasis on telling people what you're doing. Um, and then thirdly, to try and work with your extended supply chains uh, and it was great to hear from Ian uh, that this sits alongside both this similar initiative taken by the B British Retail Consortium and the Farmers Union, uh, because that really makes a reality of what they call it, feet, farm to fork. Um, and you sit at an incredibly important uh, place within that. So to conclude, you know, you are all in great company. You know, there is this mass movement, uh, this terrific exciting change actually that's going to throw up huge opportunities opportunities for high quality british food and drink providers as people rediscover some of the attributes of local of sustainability and of responsible businesses that are taking action on issues that they care about we've got this collective moment in the sun where the uk can use all of its soft power all of the opportunities uh, that we have as a world leader to lead by example. And finally, we can all come together, the whole world, the whole planet can come together at this moment in time to take action and make a better world for all of us. And you don't get those opportunities every, every single day of the week. So it really is vital work uh, that all of you are doing. Uh, and there's lots of resources out there to help you on that journey. You've got my full support and it's truly a delight to be with you today uh, and to hear about the ambition that the Food and Drink Federation has come forward with. Thank you. Andrew, that was really uh, both very interesting and also very inspiring, particularly coming from somebody like you who's been literally a, the chalk face, as it were, of, of, of making two very different businesses succeed. Um, I guess I have two questions. Uh, one is, one of the things about all of this, I mean, it's very good that the ambition has been brought forward by most businesses to 20, or many businesses to 2040. There are some who just simply can't uh, achieve it before 2050. But it, I think the, the, the 
forward, the bringing forward of the accelerating of the ambitions by government is is very, very important. But one of the things that many people who are watching this and listening to this will say is, well, I won't be in this job in 2040. So I'll be making here pledges and uh, setting ambitions for people who might not just be my successor, but might be my successor's successor's successor. So how how can we guarantee that the ambitions we, we set are not simply um, uh, kind of eroded by the difficulties which will be to come? Well, conversely, Ian, I actually think it's going to get easier, weirdly. I accept there's a, there's a degree of belief and ambition in that. But remember, if we all move together, and I spend my day talking to every single part of the supply chain, from people who are producing renewable energy, um, and the biggest single change that we can all make is, is change the energy source that we are using you know, in an in industrial process, that can be challenging. It may be a journey from, you know, all the way from oil to clean gas to grey hydrogen to green hydrogen. Um, so some of those are our journeys. But for most of us, it's a lot easier than that. You know, we can make sure that our energy provider themselves are taking advantage of the burgeoning amount of renewable energy. I mean, with the UK is generating something like a third of the world's wind energy. And we are going to quadruple that over the next couple of decades. So we're already a wind superpower, if you like, and, and that is clean and green um, and available to all of us. Um, and as we all move together, it does become progressively easier. You know, if you if you've got if you're running a business fleet, um, whether it's 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 one van or whether it's a, a whole big uh, fleet of vans, again, you can't change that part of your supply chain alone. But if I've just got off the call with an automotive manufacturer who's telling me about how they're bringing electric and hydrogen products to market, then there's a much bigger opportunity there. The experience of some of the early adopters in this space who did set targets is that once once they, they sort of get in there, and, and I accept that that's often the most um, nervous psychological barrier to overcome is setting a target that far ahead in the first place we're not good at that are we you know we you know we, we will th we'll think a couple of weeks ahead three months ahead maybe you know we go to the board with a three-year plan you'd get laughed out of court in most domains by saying i'm going to tell you what 2040 is going to look like i accept that um but i wouldn't i wouldn't for one moment put anyone off taking the first step on that journey and, and the experience of those who've already been there is companies like Vodafone. I was talking to another um, British um, clothing company yesterday. I mean, they, they set original targets for 2040 or 2050 because they wanted to get on the playing field. Once you start to chunk it down into a tractable set of problems, it becomes progressively easier. So, you know, when you're setting it at the, the highest level, it feels hard. You know, once you go to your, you know, building manager or whoever runs operations for the business and says, look, I need to look at you know, how we actually break this down. It does start to feel like every other business problem. And believe me, we're good at this, right? Business is fantastically good at this. Just look at what's happened on vaccination over the last 12 months. You know, last 12 months, that all felt like pie in the sky. You know, now it's in X million arms. There's a whole logistical infrastructure around that. Um, and all of that was was spun up by business, really. 
Uh, and I think that's a really important point. If we could get the the energy and the uh, and the kind of vim and vigor that we got into the vaccine search, into the commitment to net zero, then there's no there's no limit really to what we can achieve. Andrew, I'm going to pause, stop there because I can see Emma anxious to move us on. Thank you so much for joining us, um, and we hope to invite you back to a similar event later in the year or early next year, where we can mark the progress that's been achieved by COP26, and we can hear your verdict on what it, uh, what it managed to set out as the global ambitions for net zero and for climate change. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. <laughs>